Welcome. My name is Alfonso Severos, and this is my weekly podcast called Jazz, Just the Way We Like It, recorded live here at Brick Arts in downtown Brooklyn, the People's Republic of Brooklyn, playing those classic jazz songs from the 1950s, the 1960s, and the 1970s. Those songs I grew up on, listened to as a young man, playing them now for your enjoyment, also my enjoyment. And to introduce a new, younger generation to that wonderful creative art form called jazz. Well, another week. I'm in the studio with my old friend, Mr. Lawrence Williams. Larry, how you doing, brother? All right, what's up, man? Hey, nothing, nothing, man. <laughs> uh, finally got some good weather. Yeah, yeah, looking forward to it, looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sunday is Father's Day, another Father's Day. Uh, well, come and go, man. Yeah, I'm going to uh, dog sit in the morning, and then in the afternoon I'm going to brunch with uh, Nita. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll probably go to dinner with my kids, but... Uh, going to be real hot. I would probably prefer to spend it on the beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can take that. Well, man, let's get going with some jazz, Larry. All right. Here's here's an uh, old piece, man. Not that old. Well, it's, uh, you know the man, Les McCann. Les McCann, Eddie Harris. Oh, yeah. This is from... uh, their uh, Sweet Movement album, and it's called Cold Duck Time. So sit back and enjoy. Try a new song. This is a song written by Eddie Harris. Today was the first time we ever saw it. (laughs) So with your help, we might do it.
That was uh, Eddie Harris, Les McCann from the Swiss Movement album, recorded in 1969 in Switzerland. Larry, we can't, you can't mistake in that uh, Eddie Harris sound. Oh, no. No way. No way. Came up with that electric sax at, at first, and uh, yeah. no way. No way you can. Yeah. I think he's the only one I know that played an electric sax. Am yeah. I correct? Yeah. That's the only one I remember. That's the only one I remember. Okay. 
Oh yeah, uh, yeah, that was the only one that I remember. Um, wow, that was that was pretty cool. I I like it. Yeah, uh, I did too. That was really. Good. It reminds me of um, it's similar though in in you know that 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 funk rock. I mean that funk jazz. It's similar to uh, the one we used to, the song we used to always listen to, compared to what? Yeah, that's what I was thinking about when I, yeah. when I heard it. I was thinking about the compared to what? Yeah, it's, it's. I think it's that's on this album too, if I'm if I'm correct, if uh -huh. my memory serves me correctly. Well, uh, we uh, seem to have some guests who finally got here. My daughter Vanessa and her friend uh, Marie and a dog. She's got a dog in here. Okay, folks, let's uh, let's get things going. With uh, I was watching a video on YouTube on Dinah Washington, Dinah Washington, and Dinah Washington is the uh, queen of the blues. Man, I listened to Dinah, but I really don't, really never paid that detailed attention. And man, this this video really opened my eyes. So I'm gonna highlight some of Dinah's songs today, and uh, this is this is uh, a song that I really like because I like the words to it, and it's called uh, "This Bitter Earth." So sit back, folks, and enjoy Dinah Washington. Thank you. 
Dinah Washington, This Bitter Earth. What a powerful song. Dinah Washington was known as the queen of the blues, but she was more than just a blues singer. She was a rhythm and blues, uh, rock, jazz singer. She was so popular, one of the most popular singers in the late 1940s and 1950s. She was like the original diva. Dinah's but was married like ten times. Yeah, <laughs> always wore fur fur coats. Who wore it best, her or Elizabeth Taylor? Dinah Washington. <laughs> <laughs> Dinah Washington. I think she had her own t- TV show at one, yeah. one point. At one point in time. Yeah, she had her and own TV show. Yeah. yeah, back in the fifties, I think she had yeah, her own we, TV show, and that was very unusual for minority uh, women. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we're gonna. Yeah, we played, this is the second song of hers that we played, correct? 
No, it's the first, first one. one. First one. Mm-hmm. So we got two more to play. Vanessa, welcome. Hi, Dad. Good. <laughs> uh, Marie. Maria. Maria, welcome. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> A little closer to the mic so people can hear you. Hi. Um, <laughs> good. Welcome to the uh, podcast. I see you brought an animal in the studio. Not, that's Audie, my dog. Audie. He's a Yorkie. Yeah. A Yorkie. What, what does that mean? Um, that he's uh, from York. It <laughs> <laughs> uh, means a mutt, right? No. No. no, it, no I we think no. he's pure. That's a pure Yorkie. Okay, Larry, you're yeah. on this side too. <laughs> yeah. I love dogs. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I remember a dog story with you on Classic Avenue. <laughs> you don't know that his dog oh, yeah. attacked me once. <laughs> That's right. I had a Rockwald at that time. Oh, my God. It was a Rockwald. Yeah, it yeah. attacked me. Yeah. Well, what did you do to it? Nothing. He was getting ready to leave the house. He could, he, he'll let you in, but he won't let you out. Oh. <laughs> Okay, I thought you stole some of Larry's jazz <laughs> albums or something like that. Oh, that happened a lot of times. That's beside no, him. It, it was vice versa. He <laughs> <laughs> stole my uh, albums. Hey, so, Vanessa, good to have you back. Thanks. And welcome to at the podcast, Maria. Thank you. Good. Uh, let's uh, play some jazz, man. Let's get down with a little Lee Morgan. And this is a piece with uh, Oscar Peterson. Moaning. Mr. Peterson Trio, guest trumpeter Lee Morgan, the thing called Moaning. Thank you. 
That's Lee Morgan with uh, Oscar Peterson. Lee Morgan on trumpet, Oscar Peterson on piano, and that was Monin. Ah, a nice version, Larry. Yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, uh, the one with, I think that's on Sidewinder as well, but uh, with uh, Oscar Peterson playing piano, it adds a little bit of a, a touch to it that I didn't hear before. Yeah. It was I really good, you. really good. What'd you think, Vanessa? I love the dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> what beat is that? That's the bass in the back. I okay. love the bass. I love the drop every time it goes. Maria, are you a jazz fan or? Um, I am, but I don't listen to it that much. Okay, how'd you like that song? I thought it was very interesting, and I, I gotta agree with Vanessa. I really like the same parts. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Um, I hope you don't mind, but uh, you're you're going to China. Yes, I am. I'm going to China. For three weeks or three months? What is it? About three, four months. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You're going to do a semester abroad in uh, Beijing? Yes. You were in China before, though, correct? I was, in January. January. And you were there for how long? For two weeks. Two weeks. Oh, that's fantastic, man. Do you know the language? 
No, I <laughs> don't. I <Okay>. don't. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I, I was there, Larry. I got to do is no knee how. That's all. That's all. Get you through. I'll get you through. Okay. You go around everybody. Yeah. But we found um, some free Mandarin courses here in the city, so oh, she's going to take them throughout oh, okay. the summer and just get the basics down. Yeah. 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 yeah I started learning uh, the Japanese on my dual lingual. Nice. Uh, yeah. Say something in Japanese, Larry, because I don't know. Konnichiwa. <laughs> Ohio. <laughs> okay. Hawaii. <laughs> 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 you excited about going? I am very excited. That's going to be a great trip. Man, uh, when you were in China before, did you get a chance to go to Beijing? Yeah, um, I've been to Beijing, Guangzhou, Shanghai, and a couple of other places as well. Did you go to, have you been to, uh, what is it called? Uh, she, uh, with the soldiers, uh, what is it? I can't remember the city now. I was there. The Forbidden City? No, not the Forbidden City, the Army. Yeah, yeah. The, the army that's in uh, Terakaki, what is it? Ter- uh, Xi'an, Xi'an. Have no, you been to Xi'an? I have not. Oh, it's, it's, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you, go ahead. Is that where the, like, the stone? Yeah, stone soldiers, stone the army. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the emperor's army. Yeah. Statues of the entire army is buried. Uh, Forbidden City is something, right? It's stunning. It's huge. Yeah, and I, they, they were telling me the history behind it. Yeah. It was just, it left me in awe. Yeah, oh, yeah. Did you go to like the Temple of the Moon? The uh, yes, yeah, yes, Temple of the Sun. Yeah, it's it's amazing place, Larry. China is amazing, you know. I can imagine. Um, well, you have a great, great trip. That's fantastic. Uh, and you're a student at the SUNY. Yes, SUNY Fredonia. Yeah, right. And she's a, a audio engineer major. Oh wow! So if we run into every any problems, Larry, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I told Vanessa. Make sure she she brings her in case uh-huh. we run into problems. Uh, let me go back to the uh, podcast. And actually, the dog went to sleep doing Lee Morgan. I didn't expect that. <laughs> <laughs> no, Audie's a jazz man. He is. We just discovered, right? How did you discover this? I I don't want to. No, tell me. Tell me. Well, um, he just looks like one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, here's another Dinah Washington piece. Smoke gifts in your eyes. They ask me how I knew My true love was true Something here inside cannot be denied. They said someday you'll find all who love are blind. When your heart's on fire, you must
to think they could doubt my love. Yet today my love has flown away. I am without my love. Now, laughing friends deride. Tears I cannot hide So I smile and say When a lovely flame dies Smoke gets in your eyes So Doubt my love And yet today My love has flown away And I'm without my love Now laughing friends deride That was Dinah Washington, Smoke Gets in Your Eyes. What a fabulous voice. Yeah, beautiful. So clear, clarity in her voice. How'd you guys like that song? She can sing. I mean, yeah. who am I to say that? But no. she's like, wow. What a voice, We right? don't have voices like that now. No, we, we, we do not. She was uh, something else. Let's get into a little Latin jazz. My man Tito. Puente. Uh, oye, como va? My fave. <laughs> what? Oye, como va? This is not the San. This is not Santana's version. This is Tito's version. Oh, uh, the king of Latin jazz. Okay. El rey de la música latina, Tito Puente, y José Alberto Alcarabio.
uh, the king himself, Tito Puente, Oye Como Va. You guys seem to enjoy that one. <laughs> yeah. Every time you go uptown, you hear it. Really? <laughs> yeah. Go uptown where? Spanish Harlem. Ah, oh, no, you don't. Yes, you do. Okay, I know. It's <laughs> uh, a good song. Yeah, yeah. Maria says she grew up listening to that. Mm-hmm. From Tito Puente or Santana? Tito Puente. Okay, translate for my friend here with <laughs> o- Oye Como Va. <laughs> oh, yeah, come on, about See, did I put you in the spot. Okay, okay, I'll let you off the hook if you can, if you can answer this question, Maria. Oh. <laughs> in what building in Hostos Community College? Because I know you graduated from there, and I worked there for like a good a long thousand time. years. Uh, is the the uh, tribute to Tito? Oh my gosh, it's massive! Like in what building? Oh. Um, um, I think it's Building C. It's it's with the one like right next to yeah, the admissions right, okay. office. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you know the cabinet they have uh, a pair of his timbales yep, and a jacket. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. He, there's a restaurant on City Island that uh, was his also. Yeah. Tito Puente. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. He wow. was very popular. Yeah, oh yeah. Was, oh was yeah. Sorely missed. Sorely missed. Yeah. He was. He was. Uh, you know. Played on a lot of different types of, of records and, and uh, uh, jazz artists, Latin jazz. Uh, he was a very popular musician. Okay. Uh, I have a question for you guys before we go into a little further with the music. Uh, recently, the mayor made a proposal. Now, in New York City, we have three specialized high schools, Brooklyn Tech, Bronx mm-hmm. High School of Science, and Stuyvesant and High Stuyvesant, School. Stuyvesant, yeah. And in order to get in these three schools, and I talked a little bit about this on my last show, you have to take one test, one standardized test. The SAT. No, no, no. no, no. That's college. This oh. is high school. Oh, my bad, my bad. Yeah. Oh, I see. I don't know, Vanessa. Anyway. Well, um, the apple don't fall far from the tree. <laughs> yes, in this case, it fell a long way. <laughs> uh, you score on a certain bracket, you're in. Now, he's proposing that they move away from that single criteria of a single test and open it up to multiple criteria because they want a greater diversity in the uh Specialized high school. Is that something that you think they should do? Is it fair? Or should we stay with the single criteria for uh, the, the elite high schools in New York City? I think instead of changing the test, they ought to teach the students how to, how to deal with the test. You know, that's, that's my opinion. I don't think that you should change the test. Mm-hmm. I think you should bring the students up to the point where they can compete the way that the uh, the other people are competing right now. I, that's what I believe. I believe that you need to change. Uh, I don't need, you need. I don't think you need to change the criteria, because if you change the cr- criteria, and when they get into that school, if they're still not up to par, they're not going to be able to. They're not going to be able to make it. And you're going to find that a lot of them will be dropping out because they are not up to par with the other students. Bring bring their level up. And that's the way to deal with it. I don't think it's a change in the test. Okay. I know that's not going to be popular, but that's the way I feel about it. Well, Larry, you know, you always take the unpopular view. <laughs> <laughs> what about you guys? What do you think? Go ahead, Maria. Um, 
I don't know, because I kind of agree with what you were saying, but um, I think it's just our education, our education system as a whole just needs to be changed and just needs to be enhanced a lot more. I feel like um, teachers is one thing because they are trying, but there's a lot of reasons why it can affect the children to learn what they need to learn it can be like the household it could be the whole funding issue because a lot of these schools they lack funds to even like for their textbooks they got to share textbooks because that can play a role into that as well Mm -hmm. so i think changing the test might not make a real big difference because maybe that might be the same issue maybe they can't do that test either you know maybe really focusing on the kids and showing that they they're cared for giving them that enough fundings that they don't have to worry about their books or utensils, et cetera, knowing that they're secure can play a part of that as well as the teachers giving it their all into teaching the, the, the children what they need to learn. Okay. How do you rate, since you, you're much younger than most of us in here, especially my friend Larry, <laughs> uh, we're the same age. <laughs> how, did, how did you rate your high school teachers? So my high school teachers, um, they were great in some ways. Like, they were great when it came to communication, communicating with the students, showing that they were there for them. But as for actually teaching us, they were a little bit poor on that. And when we needed their assistance with, like, household issues, they weren't really there for us. I hear you. I so hear. I feel like making sure that your, your the students are secure is a big thing because if the kids sure. don't feel like there's like the, if they don't feel like they're t- being taken care of like there's any emotion going on there they're going to feel like there's no purpose in getting that educational system so the other needs have to be addressed and yes. that so the yeah uh do you think your high school prepared you for college absolutely not absolutely not no no Mm-mm. but it's not their fault as well there's there's we need they need better instructors to teach our teachers to get them prepared for this type of crisis. You know, like when you're dealing with kids, it's a lot of work. And it's not only them that's dealing with kids. It's the parents that play a role in their children's lives as well. That's a strong statement. You said that very strongly. Absolutely not. That's a definitive, strong statement. Vanessa, do you think your high school teachers prepared you for college? I was in college bound. (laughs) Don't mean to toot my own horn. (laughs) But um, the truth is uh, nothing could have prepared me for college. I think I, I agree with Maria meeting the children where they are. You know, everyone has different learning patterns. Everything, everyone has, everyone has different learning styles. College is not meant for everyone. And I okay. think that when kids are selecting colleges, they need to be careful as well because it, depending on what college you're from, you're, depending on where you're from and what college you go to, the culture shock could take you to such a level of you just you're just nothing can really prepare you. So how I agree. about academically? Academically. Um, Yes. I went to Boys and Girls High School, and at that time, Mr. Mickens, God rest his soul, he didn't play games. He ensured that we focused on the work, the whole work, and nothing but the work. And um, he rewarded those that um, did the work, and he uh, he corrected those that didn't do the work. So by the time we were all graduated— we kind of had to discipline because college is really about discipline. I think okay. kids are very smart and know how to do the work, but they lack the discipline. Yeah. Well, me and Larry uh, knew Mr. Mickens because we went to Boys High. Uh, uh, yeah. Larry, 
uh, in your opinion, and I, I, I know what you're going to say, did 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 did, uh, did boys prepare you for college? Boys, I well academically. I, academically, uh, what I found was like when I went to Hunter to, uh, when I got out of uh, high school. Uh, I thought I knew English. <laughs> I thought I knew all the rules of English. Uh, and I had a rude awakening about the fact that I didn't know it as well as I thought I did. So it was a whole new learning pattern. I, fortunately, there was a book that I picked up yeah. that got me. And maybe I wasn't listening in class. I don't know. But I was I was like an Aristotle. Like I was like yeah, in the honor, honor class. Society. I was in the honor society. So. I should have been a lot better, a lot more prepared than what I was, uh, and I don't know whether or not that is the product of me not paying attention or thinking that I knew it all. I don't yeah. know, you know, because like, like when you're in an honor class, you like you, yeah. you know, you're supposed to know it. Yeah, you're supposed it's, to know it. It's yeah. interesting because, of course, I wasn't in the honor classes, so mm-hmm. I I knew I didn't know it all, but I didn't I didn't try to know it all. Right, right. So right. you know, when I got into college and they laid the work on me, I said, okay, I, I just got to do more to do it. Yeah. So yeah. it wasn't like you know, uh, oh Lord, this is something I should know. No, this is something I I should learn. Yeah, so yeah. they're a different kind of mindset. Going back to the original question now. Um, because here's, here's, here's a, a fact. There's about 156 specialized high schools in the nation. And of the 156 specialized high schools, like Bronx High School Science and Brooklyn Tech mm-hmm. and all these specialized schools, the only schools that use a single criteria of a test are the three New York City high schools. All mm. the other schools use multiple criteria. They recognize that some people don't do well on tests, okay. especially if maybe if your uh, English is your second language, mm-hmm. or if you come from yes. you know uh, certain groups, it just doesn't perform well because their expectations is that they don't believe they should do well on it, so they don't do well on the standardized test. But the other schools use a number of different criteria. So it's like college. You can you can take another example with college. If you look at the the SAT, you know, we know the SAT says people who score very high are going to graduate from college, but it doesn't. It's not a good predictor for all those other people that falls in between. You know, if you look at my SAT scores, not only was I wasn't supposed to finish college. I wasn't even supposed to go. <laughs> His SAT scores had a BC in front but, of it. No, I didn't take the, the test, and hers was probably even worse. <laughs> oh, <geez>. but, <laughs> well, uh, Daddy passed because you get two hundred for your name. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's interesting. It's interesting. I mean, they need to diversify these these high schools, and I and I think we got to look at. Well, I guess that's not, my question: Are the standardized high schools not diverse? That's the no, first question. No, they're not diverse. Well, then there's a you pet. have under the largest minority group in New York City public school now are uh, Latino students. Sure. All right. The second largest is African American. You have in in your specialized high schools. If you take those two groups together. They they compose like sixty percent, seventy percent, maybe even higher of New York City public school students, over a million students. In the specialized high school, they're under ten percent. So there is something wrong with that picture. Yeah. Yeah, then that's testing. 
That's yeah. that, if they're going off of that one soul test. That's it. Then that's that it. test is based off of someone else's but culture then, and then, experiences. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Then you got to look at up on the other end. What Larry is saying, it's a fair system. What if, if if is it fair for if you know you got the money to send your kids on Saturday for test preparation, and I don't have the money to send my kids on learning how to take the test? Right. Is is that fair? That, oh, that, I forgot that about that it, part. That part of it is probably not fair in terms of yeah. you know the economic situation that the students are involved in. But I still think it beholds uh, the Board of Ed mm-hmm. to bring them up to that level. I if it means you. or make it available to them that you know maybe yeah. they have to come in on the weekend and they have a special tutorer who's going to tutor them and on how to pass this test. That's yeah. important to know that the kids that are getting into school are going extra days to learn how to take the test because it's it could be it could be realized or, or people could think oh they're smarter than me okay. or they're getting into these schools they must be really smart okay. i'm not that smart now, but if we don't know that they're getting extra preparation then if we knew that they'd be like oh all i need okay. is tutoring just like them that's that's true I got to come back to Maria now. I know you're saying you're picking. I'm picking on you, and you're not going to come back to my podcast again. <laughs> but I got to ask this question because I've asked it of a lot of students who graduated from Hostos. Hostos is like a lot of the CUNY schools, a major minority population. All right, you did. A, you were very. You did very well at Hostos, I assume, right? Yes. Grades wise, when you went to so you went from a school that was. Mainly Latino and black student population, and you were, you know, an honor student, and you go to a four-year school that's mainly Caucasian. Did you feel threatened? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yes. So the director of the sound engineering program in Hostos was like, if you're serious about audio engineering, go to SUNY Fredonia. So I was like, okay, no problem. He did not inform me anything else than that. I go to SUNY Fredonia, completely different. It was hard to find any person of color up up in there. It was nothing but Caucasian people. And it intimidated me in various ways because I was the only one that stood out. So everyone was looking at me and it didn't sit well with me. And I had some racial incidents and it did not feel good at all within the campus and outside of the campus. And so that was something that devastated me. And I was glad that the school each semester kept working vigorously to diversify the school, and I'm very happy with what I'm seeing so far. Good, good, good. Wow. Like but you that. stuck it out. I did because I don't, I'm not a quitter. Good. Wow. Hey, well, uh, I don't want to uh, take any more time on this. Let's say somebody, that's great, Maria. Anybody has anything else they want to say? Dad, is that 11.21? Uh, yes. You got to go? Got to go. You're late? Yes. Okay, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, while they get ready to go, let's listen to some jazz, folks. Jimmy Smith.
Jimmy Smith from a 1972 recording, Snag, Shooting His Arrow. Wow, that was pretty jumping. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> that was out of sight. Man, what an organ player, man. You don't hear that kind of organ in church. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, we're getting to the last song. And so since this is a, a tribute in many ways to Dinah Washington, let's play one of her, uh, another one of her hits. What a difference a day make. Uh-oh. <laughs> Last song, folks. What a difference a day made. Twenty-four little hours. What the sun and the flowers Dinah Washington, <laughs> what a difference a day make. We were laughing. Maria, tell them why we were laughing. Oh, my gosh. Every time we go in the house, Vanessa always says, what a difference a day makes. So, <laughs> yeah, it irks my nerves. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, now you know where she got it from. <laughs> but the important thing is that uh, tomorrow is better than today. <laughs> Folks, it's that time. Larry, thanks for joining, man. It's yeah. always a pleasure, brother. You yes, know you're always you. welcome. Thank you. Thank Maria, you are also always welcome. Thank you. And, what uh, about me, Daddy? <laughs> sometimes you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're welcome always. <laughs> I'm not too sure about the uh, the four-legged <laughs> one over there, but uh, oh, cool. you guys are always welcome. That was a great conversation. Well, folks, it's getting to be that time. 
And I hope you enjoyed the podcast. This is jazz just the way we like it. Recorded live at Brick Arts in downtown Brooklyn, the People's Republic of Brooklyn. Until the next time, peace and love. <laughs>